Justin Kazepis, today's Real Talk, todaysrealtalk.com, 844-STUDIO-4. That's the number. If you've got questions about real estate, give us a call. We'll take care of that for you. It is not legal advice, though. I'm supposed to say that. Though I am an attorney, it is not legal advice. You will want to seek your own attorney in your own local market. But if there's something I can do to help for now, just to kind of get you started, happy to do that. 844-STUDIO-4, todaysrealtalk.com. We're going to have Joel Gilley, the public affairs director of Wayne County, on the show. We're going to talk about the comprehensive plan for Wayne County. We're also going to talk about the 2022-2023 budget. It is an important aspect and development. That is what we're talking about today. North Carolina is on the move. If you haven't looked out your window recently to see all the dirt that's moving around out there because of all the trucks and all the bulldozers and all the excavators, it is happening at such a rapid rate. So it's very important that we as a state, we as local counties and local municipalities be very good stewards with this time that we have right now. Very few people have the opportunity to recognize that they are in an economic driving time frame. That is where North Carolina is at. In the time frame and in the scale of things, North Carolina is on an upward trajectory. We like that. And that's okay, but we've got to go about it the right way. So we've got to think about things like county water and sewer treatment facilities. We've got to think about roads. We've got to think about bridges. We've got to think about county service infrastructure. All things that lay the proper foundation so the growing pains can be reduced. It starts at the top and it works its way all the way down. But everybody has got to do their job the right way. And it takes involvement from the citizens. Hey, if you aren't into real estate, if you aren't into uh, knowing what's going on at your local government, that's okay, but it's not going to be okay then to complain later on. So if you want to have a say-so, you have that opportunity. That is your right, and I encourage you to exercise that right. Get involved. Find some way, shape, or form, even if it's just reading the agenda of your local municipality's board meeting. Right? Just know what's going on so then that way, 10 years down the road, you don't say, I didn't know that that was going to happen. You have every opportunity and we make our own choices. Education, as I've talked about, is so important. So let's get educated about the development going on in North Carolina. What do you, what's important to you? What do you want to see in your local district that you live in? Do you want to see a lot more residential homes? Do you want to see a lot more retail business or, or industrial agriculture, hospitality, and tourism. What is it that has been seen and what do you want to see in the future? Voice that opinion to your local legislator, to your local commissioners, board members, town managers, city managers, county folks. Get out there and start talking to people about it because I'm telling you, North Carolina is at a pivotal point in its history. And we have that opportunity. So today when we talk to Joel, what we want to find out is what's been going on in Wayne County in the past and what do we want to see in the future? What do they as the citizens of Wayne County want to see? And are those local leaders executing on that mission? And then we're going to talk about a budget. Taxes are real. Okay. Let's be honest. Taxes aren't fun. Taxes aren't, aren't sexy, right? 
but what you get for those tax dollars is what matters. So who's being a good steward with that money that they're collecting from their citizens? That's what we want to find out. What is Wayne County doing with the dollars that they're getting? What are your local leaders doing with the dollars that they're getting from its citizens? Have you asked? Have you reviewed the budget? Are you sitting in on those meetings where they pile over papers and hours and hours spent reviewing line items, different departments? Now, you may not have to go to that extent, right? But what is your county budget? What is your local municipality budget? How much money are they spending on an annual fiscal basis? Something to keep in mind, generically, we as individuals think of taxes running on a calendar year, January 1st through December 31st. Local government, by statute, runs on a fiscal year that runs from July 1st through June 30th. So given the time of year we are in, budgets are very, very important. Because once you cross over into July 1st, you go into spending mode where typically second quarter of the year is spent as planning mode. So we are crossed into spending mode as we are in third quarter and approach third quarter. So keep that in mind. Your local government has a lot of control right now. But what you have the opportunity to do is to learn about that process. So again, I ask you the question, what is important to you? What do you want to see done in the area that you live in because you have that opportunity and you have to make the choice on whether you want your opinion to be known. And I encourage you to. I think a diversity of opinion is very important because, again, where we sit at in our time frame and history of North Carolina, now is the time where we need to hear from the people that live in this state. So I encourage you to do so. Justin Kazepis, Today's Real Talk, todaysrealtalk.com, 844-STUDIO-4. We're going to get into it with Joel Gilly here soon in a positive way, folks. We want to hear a diversity of opinions. 844-STUDIO-4, if you've got questions, give us a call. I'm going to do what I can to see what I can do to help. Justin Kazepis coming right back. I need some real talk. Oh, I need some real talk. Give me some of that real talk. Today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis, todaysrealtalk.com, 844-STUDIO-4. That's the number. If you've got a question about real estate, now is the time to call 844-STUDIO-4. We're going to take care of those questions here shortly. But who I've got with me now, Joel Gilly, Public Affairs Director for Wayne County. Joel, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Justin. I'm excited. Now, from what I can hear, Joel, is Wayne County is popping off right now. And by popping <laughs> off, I mean in a good way. Things are moving. There are movers and shakers in Wayne County right now that are building this community to levels that have yet to be seen. Is that true? Yeah, I'm glad you recognize that. We like to think so, too. So, um, you know, if I can level set just a little bit for those who don't know where Wayne County is, uh, because we get that a lot. So we're about an hour east of Raleigh. Um, so you've got Wake County, as we all know, is full, right? Uh, you've got Johnston County that was a bedroom community for Wake County that's now 
getting full. Uh, and then Wayne County's right there next. Um, and so, you know, we're starting to see a lot of that growth and there's a lot of really positive things uh, on the roadway ahead for us. I mean, Joel, if I'm if I'm reviewing the planning department and recent approvals on, on some some major subdivisions, I mean, I'm seeing four, 40 track, uh, 50 track, 75 track. And, and some some places may look at that. Well, that's you know, we've got 900 track. Yeah. But but for a place that hasn't had it yet, those are signs of future and continued growth which for some is going to be exciting, but I'm going to imagine there, there might be some people there that aren't as excited about growth. Are you seeing that from some of the current residents? Yes, yeah, so really good point. So, you know, if we look back to 2020, where we had 241 approved plats, uh, 2021 slowed down a little bit, 111, and now so far, you know, 2022, over 400 plats that the county alone and so, you know, like you said, while 400 is, is not some of the 2,000 plus ones that other places see, but if you look at it year over year, uh, we're significantly up right now. Uh, and so that's what we're starting to see. So uh, it, it is looking really positive right now. Well, and, and what I'm trying to do for those people who want to get in on the ground floor, I'm trying to give them the insight, right? Because in real estate, the real secret, Joel, and I'm sure you know this, you make money when you buy right? You buy at the right time. You get in at the right time. And Wayne County could be over the next five and 10 years, a major development corridor because of your proximity to other already built up areas. And so what I want to talk about a little bit, the comprehensive plan, your guys, Wayne County's last comprehensive plan was 2008 and 2009. Uh, Can we go through a couple of these things? I got a couple of questions. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. That was before I started with the county. So let's talk. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if we hit the mark. Let's talk about it. (laughs) So transportation, I think in North Carolina, transportation is a conversation that people want to act like is big, but we're not yet at the point of committing the necessary dollars to fit what is going to be needed over the next decade. One of the top priorities, if I look at the 2008-2009 comprehensive plan for Wayne County that was discussed was a commuter rail. I'm going to be honest with you. I am a big fan of commuter rails. I think connecting markets across the state, and even if we get into a regional conversation, is very important for communities. I love the idea of, let's say, Charlotte, which is close to where I live, connecting with Raleigh and then allowing some lateral transportation options, let's say, to Lake Norman from Charlotte and out to Wayne County from Wake County. I love the idea. Joel, did you guys figure out the secret to getting a commuter figured out since 2008? Uh, no, we have not figured that secret out. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it definitely still is something that we're looking at. So right now, Raleigh, you know, is working on a commuter rail, but Raleigh's been working on a commuter rail for a while and, and there's still no commuter rail. Uh, and so, you know, I think while it, it, it's definitely something that we would love to see, we've got to have the infrastructure that wants to come here first. Uh, You know, we can't do that on our own. Your Wake counties, your Durham counties, you know, they've got an additional sales tax that they're charging to pay for that light rail. Uh, And Johnston County, it's, it's even, you know, expected to move into Johnston County, but you know, there's been no dirt that's been turned yet or anything like that. And so, you know, we've got to wait for that, those bigger communities, you know, a little bit to our West uh, before we can even think about it, unfortunately. But it, it is still something that we would love to see because you're right. We've got so many people that are commuting up to the Johnston counties and Raleigh's that a light rail would make it so much easier for them. 
Part of that is affordability as well, yep. because if you're going to have, you know, rank and file workers, you're going to have a good, strong labor force. You've got to have some transportation in place. There, there's a lot of conversation about buses and I'm not hating. I don't want to, people think I hate on buses. I don't hate on buses. I just don't think that buses hit the mark the right yep. way, given the geographical landscape of our area. If I'm going to drive somewhere and, or walk, somewhere and then have to get on a vehicle, I'm going to want to do it in a way, I don't want to say stylish, but a little bit more comfort. And I'm not hating yeah. on the cat system. We have the cat system here, right, in the Charlotte area. And it's yeah. not a bad bus system. I just don't think buses address all the issues. And because you're talking about so many miles, right? So I live north of Charlotte, about 20 miles. 20 miles on a bus is very different than 20 miles on a commuter train. Uh, Absolutely. If I'm going to Raleigh, uh, four, three hours on a bus is very different than three hours on a commuter train. It's just a different aspect to where if you want to get more people to be involved, you've got to create a transportation that people can connect with and are willing to accept if it's not their own vehicle. So I just have a different perspective on it, I think. Again, I don't want people to think I hate on buses. I just don't think buses are the end-all, be-all answer. Cost-effectively, are buses probably the best answer? Yeah. We know we have hard costs on buses. We have soft costs on buses. We know what they're going to cost. Now, I can make an argument about fuel right now, right? I think we all could. Um, you yeah. guys as a county... That's a yeah. big line item in your budget and understanding the, the need of raising dollars, right, because of the fuel costs related to your vehicles. So county services, you mentioned, Joel, infrastructure. That's a very broad term. But what I want to get down to are your kind of more construction style infrastructure, roads, bridges, and a bigger, even larger one that I think some municipalities are hurting with right now, water and sewer treatment facilities. Ah, you had to, you had to say that. You knew. You've done your research. <laughs> Talk to me, so, Joe. What's going on in Wayne County? Well, so, you know, one thing that, that um, I would like to start by mentioning is, is one exciting thing that we've had going on as far as roads is the I-42 corridor, the, the US-70 I-42. So that's been designated I-42. Uh, it's going to run from, from basically, you know, up towards Wake County, down Highway 70, all the way to the coast. Um, and we've already seen some things that are starting to work here. So we've got a bypass now around Goldsboro that makes travel a, a lot quicker. Um, and, and while some residents don't like it, right, because we do know that, that there are some businesses that get affected when, when bypasses come around. But on the other side of that, for development, for economic development, uh, bypasses and interstate systems are what they need. You know, we're, we're kind of fortunate where we're at that we've got rail close by. We've got a port, you know, that's right down the road in Wilmington. Uh, so for economic development, there's a lot of really positive things about Wayne County. Um, but you've got to have that, that highway infrastructure to get it to the port and to get it to, you know, a major airport and stuff like that. So there's some really exciting things going on with NCDOT with the I-42 corridor. Uh, and we've got commissioners that are on that board that are really advocating for Wayne County to make sure that we're staying at the forefront, uh, to make sure that we've got the infrastructure coming here to, uh, to at least help with all the development that we're hoping comes this way. Population, am I right? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, see, 117,000 population for yep. from the 2020 census. Is that a, a number that was anticipated? Was it higher, lower? What was the <laughs> county consensus when that number came out? Yeah, 
depends on who you ask. Uh, so uh, we we do have uh, a few board members that are that are not necessarily agreeing with the census, um, simply because when we look at our our permits and and our development. It's been going up, yet the census showed that the data was down a little bit. Um, you know, I, on the marketing side of things, know that that we had a lot of a lot of trouble with the census because of COVID, right? Like getting people, getting we, we couldn't do all the big events to get people to do this, you know, to complete the census. So I think there was a little bit of. Uh, there was some challenges there. Uh, so we do have some people that question the data, but we'll, we'll take 117. We can't really argue it a whole lot. <laughs> I, I find it interesting because it, it leads to, again, an infrastructure conversa- conversation about capacity for water and sewer treatment facilities. Yep, There are several municipalities in my area that literally cannot approve any more taps and are doing it on an allocation basis, project to project, and are some of which are allocating into 2024 timeframe of tapping is Wayne County potentially looking at that or you got, we got enough, come on out, let's do business. What, what's it like? You know, I'm just glad to hear that other people are having the same problems that we're having. That makes me so happy, Justin. Uh, so the town of Mount Olive right now is under moratorium. They cannot expand anymore. We, you know, we were talking the other day, you can't build a bathroom right now in Mount Olive uh, because they're just, they're at capacity on, on their sewer system. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got, some of our communities in the north, uh, northern end of the county that are experiencing the same problems that have had problems making a profitable uh, sewer and water system because for smaller rural communities it is a very expensive cost. Um, so you know we've we've got really good representation at the state level um, in Wayne County that have really been fighting for dollars so that we can make sure that we keep uh, economic development and 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 residential development coming. Um, so we recently just had a big announcement with Mount Olive Pickles that is expanding into Goldsboro. So they're based in Mount Olive. They can't expand anymore in Mount Olive, but they need to. So they're coming to Goldsboro and, uh, and the city got a good chunk of money in this year's state budget or next year's state budget, excuse me, um, to, to combat some of those issues for Goldsboro so that they could expand. Um, and so we're really trying to look at that. You know, the state's doing a lot right now with grant funding and the county is looking and having those conversations. We've said, hey, look, we know there's an issue. We've been doing a lot of work with saying, where are the issues at? We've got a sewer study going on right now for the county and municipalities saying, because, you know, the sewer infrastructure has got problems, right? So we've got, you know, what we call I and I, which is uh, you know, infiltration into the sewer system when it rains and stuff like that. So that's a problem. So we've got to look at, hey, how do we fix these problems? And then how can we expand our capacity as well for the future? So that is, you know, the majority of our conversations. Just about every county commissioner meeting is, is what are we going to do about sewer? We've got to figure this out because, you know, if we don't fix it, we are not going to be able to keep expanding. It's interesting because the the legislator in some shape or you know fashion is is going to spend dollars on things, right? Like that that's just the nature of the game. Budgeting is a huge factor for a state. Um, thankfully, I think o- over time, over the past few decades, North Carolina has been pretty strong as far as budgeting for particular things. I, I know North Carolina was a 
good leader um, when it came, when COVID occurred as far as the dollars that were in reserve. I'm not going to give credit to one particular party for that in any way, shape, yeah. or form because it takes both to agree on a budget, right? Uh, but I would encourage any legislators to really consider honing down on what Joel's talking about as it relates to allocation for counties to continue economic development because it does the entire state uh not in a good way. It, it, it hinders the entire state if the individual counties don't have the capacity to continue this economic mobility and these economic drivers that for these companies that come in. Imagine you get a company that's telling your county and your region, hey, we want to provide 5,000 jobs. Wow, we would love to do that, but we don't have enough resources on our internal infrastructure to, to allow you to do that. I mean, that's got to hurt. That's got to yeah. sting a little bit. Uh, we, we went up against that with Mount Olive Pickle. They said, we want to expand. And, and you know, they were like, we're either going to do it here. Or we're going to have to do it somewhere else. And, and so then it was that wake up call like, oh, man, we've got to do something. We were fortunate to get that money in the state budget. But it got to that point. And, and I mean, it, it would not look good if a Mount Olive Pickles was not in Mount Olive, you know. And so, yeah, it hurts. And so that's why you're right. There's got to be a lot done. There is a lot of grant funding out there. And that's what we're pursuing now is to try to find as much as we can, um, because the money's got to come from somewhere. It's either going to come from tax rate or, uh, you know, sewer fees and or hopefully grant funding. It's a hard conversation, right? Because you got to pay for these things. And at the end of the day, where all the dollars come from are the citizens, right? Like no yep. matter which way you cut it, the money anywhere, right, from, from government funding comes from the citizens. Uh, but what's worth it, right? Like what yep. what can we actually see a return on over years to come? Because you're, you're talking about a five to 10 year outlook, right? Anytime you yeah, allocate yeah. some dollars, you're not talking about making it back in a single year. Five years is probably even low for most people. I won't even get started on the I-77 toll lanes as far as what the economic outlook was on that. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd love to see that data from the DOT. Uh, agriculture. Let's talk about that. What's the agriculture scene like? We've talked about some pickles. What's the scene like beyond pickles in Wayne County right now? Yeah, so agriculture is our leading industry. So we've really, our two main industries, we've got uh, agriculture and, and national defense is, is a big industry for us as well. So we've got, of course, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base um, and, and a lot of aerospace businesses and companies around that. But agriculture is still huge for us. Uh, and and so that's the other thing is uh, how do we manage the growth and not keep losing farmland? Um our, our vice chairman, Wayne Acock, says it all the time. People think that their their groceries come from the grocery store, and that's simply not true. Uh, it takes farmers uh, to, to, to have groceries on our table and, and stuff. And, and that's one thing that we're trying to balance as well is how can we make sure that we're taking care of the farmers? Um, because, you know, we, like you said, the dollars have to come from somewhere, right? So we tried to pass a, um, a quarter cent sales tax increase, right? So if we could have that conversation really quickly. So for those who don't know, you got property tax, you got sales tax. You know, there's a lot of different taxes. Property tax only affects property owners, right? So your real estate clients are the ones paying that thing, that, that cost. Sales tax affects everybody. It affects the people coming through on their way to the beach. It affects everybody that spends money. Even if you are renting an apartment, you know, that you're still going to be paying that sales tax. Uh, and, and I get it, right? Like I'm fiscally, probably fiscally conservative. And so I'm not going to vote for a sales tax typically, right? But people don't understand that 
it's the most, it's the fair tax, right? Like it hits everybody. It's not just affecting the property owners. And so, you know, that, that did not pass at the last election. And so then we have to start looking at property tax increases to pay for a lot of stuff. Um, and that really hurts the farmers, right? Because you, you got a house, you know, you got a $250,000 house. You're going to pay your taxes on that. Farmers got tons of land and these combines that they're driving and these tractors that they're driving, so, you know, half a million dollar combines and tractors and stuff starts adding up for them on property tax. So that's one thing that we are very cognizant of that we want to make sure that we're not hurting our farmers too much because they've struggled, right? Like year after year, we have a, you know, a hurricane or something that affects them and, and, and they're struggling over the years. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we're, we're trying not to hurt them too much because like I said, agriculture is still huge for North Carolina. It's still huge for our County. Uh, and so we don't want to see that get lost uh, anytime in the future. One of the crops uh, that is, uh, was for a time in North Carolina, a, a major conversation that that conversation has you know fallen by the wayside, I think, as, as reality has sent in as the potential of it. And, and it appears federally at some point that conversation is going to hit North Carolina again. Let's talk about hemp. You guys growing any hemp in Wayne County or what? It's not a big one for us. Um, it really hasn't been on our radar much. I know it has at the state level a whole lot, but that's not really a major player for us. We're mostly uh, we're mostly a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of sweet potatoes, uh, and then we've got a lot of uh, turkeys and, and chickens and you know more livestock stuff too. So, um, yeah, we're not chickens? really. You got a bunch oh, of chickens yeah. in Wayne County. Oh, yeah. See, I've been trying to find a way. Is there any type of exemption I can get in my CCNRs to allow me to have some chickens? My neighbors would not be happy, but I'm, no. I'm excited about chickens. I'm going to be honest. I would love You just love need to move out to the country, brother. <sighs> you get me out there. I'm, I'm, I sweat, Joel. I sweat a I lot. Do, I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. I, I'd love to get out there with you and, and mess around with some chickens. We, we might have to make that happen. And I ask because <laughs> the, the next step in hemp, right, is, is and it's it's cannabis, right? Hemp is cannabis. I'm not going to get into the scientific formula of that. But but marijuana is potentially the next. Is anybody is that on any radar? Has there been any discussion like, hey, not even let's get people to come in, but is there any position of Wayne County? Because it will come down to the municipal level, depending on the legislation at the state level after the federal level. That's the, the, the general way it goes, right, down to the smallest yeah. governing body. Any consensus, any thoughts whatsoever? And there doesn't have to be. I'm not asking. I'm not fishing for an answer. I'm just yeah. generally speaking, has there been any discussion? There really hasn't. Uh, and I think it's probably because, like you said, we all know how the process works and we know that it's in the future. Uh, you know, we're so we're so laser focused on what we've got going on right now that there really has not been any conversation about it. That's fair. Uh, so so with agriculture being one of the largest economic drivers, do you think that stays in the future or do you think that oh, let's talk about the next 15 years? Right. Because you and I were talking beforehand, the comprehensive plan was adopted and readopted 2008, 2009. Take a 15, 20 year outlook right on, on, on what that's for. 15 years, we're right out of Joel. I mean, you guys would have to get to work yeah. today if you wanted to reset. So let's call it a 20-year plan. So over the next five years, right, you guys are going to have to adopt a new plan. What's the future hold for Wayne County? Yeah, so, um, you know, we are definitely wanting to keep that agriculture. We've got to, right? Like so many places are losing it. We've got to keep the agriculture. Uh, and then, you know, our focus right now is, is really on managing development, right? So, uh, here, a great stat for you. When we last looked at it, uh, last did a study, and it, it's been about 10 years, 
when we looked at residential development versus industrial development, for every dollar that we raise in taxes and revenue, it takes about a dollar twenty-seven to fund services for residential development. Now that was ten years ago. All right, uh, and then for every industrial client, if you will, uh, only sixty cents for every dollar to provide those services. And so we've got to, you know, that's one thing that our board is looking at right now is we've got to make sure that we are staying on pace between and balancing that balancing act of residential development and industrial development to make sure because ultimately industrial development is is more profitable for us. Um, But we've got to have residential, right? And so, but we want to make sure that we're not getting too much residential development and, and because then the taxes, we're just going to have to keep raising taxes, you know? So we want to try to keep finding that happy medium. Um, another big push for us right now is, is working on, we've got a lot of school needs. Um, everybody does, right? Like everybody's school needs are always. Education is important, Joel. Education, education is, very is important. important. And, it's, and, and it doesn't matter how quickly you build one. It seems like you always need another one. Uh, and so that's something that we've really been working on. We've got a lot of aging schools. Uh, we are right now underway on a new school up in uh, the northern part of the county in Fremont, one of our municipalities up there. Um, but here's a fun fact for you: we we were fortunate enough to get we 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 are a you know a smaller, more rural area, so we can apply for grant funding for these schools. So we get needs based grant funding, which is through our lottery. Um, and there was a lot of regulation in that, where it was like, if you want to apply for these grant funds, that's fine. We'll give you the match. Uh, but you're going to lose your lottery funds for the next five years. And we're like, well, we we can't afford to lose our lottery funds for five years because we need those to fix the existing schools. So we were able to work with the legislature and really rework that program some um, and apply for more grant funding and not lose our lottery dollars. So that's a good bit of money that we're not losing year over year. Uh, but the fun fact is, you know, we got uh, 20, 20 is a little over $20 million, 22, $24 million for this new, new school. Um, and the bids just came in for the school and it was at like 35. And so a school that we just built a few years ago, same plan. We said, we're just going to copy this plan and move it over. We've seen that kind of increase in cost uh, just because of inflation and cost of, you know, cost of construction right now. Um, and so, you know, we're trying to keep up with construction, but it's costing a lot of money. <laughs> so we're going to need something to happen there that, uh, that those prices go back down just a little bit. Um, and so, you know, education is big for us. Broadband is another thing. Access to broadband. Uh, I know that everybody is dealing with that as well, right? Like these issues are rural North Carolina issues. It's nothing particular to Wayne County typically. Um, we were just in a lunch yesterday with with uh, our representative, uh, John Bell, who's the House Majority Leader, who is our representative for Wayne County. So, like I said, we've got really good representation, House Majority Leader. He said, you know, North Carolina's goal is to have is to have access to the Internet no matter where you're at. And that's a very ambitious goal. But I feel like this day and age, that's where we need to be as a state. And he said it's a very ambitious goal for the state to do. But that's their plan. Um, they've dumped a lot of money into it with a lot of the, you know, the CARES Act dollars that they've had. We've got great grants that we've applied for um, because that's one thing that we want to see as well. We we saw during during COVID that Internet access was super important for education. It's super important for a lot of people. And uh, there's still places that don't have access to good, good, you know, broadband connectivity. 
Uh, and so that's another focus for us is to make sure because all of these things play into your development. They play into, you know, whether companies want to come here or not. Um, and so, you know, it's really interesting being on the government side of things and seeing how the whole circle works together. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how it takes a pandemic for some to realize the importance of certain things, right? Like yeah. Because until it affects you in your daily life or a specific number or allotment of, of, of uh, citizens or uh, your delegation, right? Like you don't, you don't realize how important it is. So um, unfortunately it took the pandemic to open some people's eyes, but at the same time, the positive is, okay, eyes are now open. So what do we do yeah. moving forward? How do we take this? Let's learn the lesson of the past and let's move forward in a way because geographically speaking, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people are scared right now of a housing crisis and all of this. North Carolina, I think, is sitting pretty, Joel. In my opinion, if, I, if I'm looking at the country on a map and I'm looking at, okay, you've got this economic activity moving toward uh, Texas is really is, is moving like crazy right now. Yep. Florida obviously has been as well. But from an East Coast corridor, North Carolina is positioned astronomically well right now. And I hope that we continue to make positive decisions so that can have long lasting effects. You mentioned a particular sector of industrial. Industrial works well as long as there are industrial jobs there. That's a lot to put, a lot of eggs to put in one basket if you go heavy industrial, if there is any shift in shipping and receiving, right? Manufacturing, warehousing, anything like that takes a wrong turn. In North Carolina, that's a significant blow. And so I would caution just my two cents this and you know a, a dollar seven would surprisingly still get you a cup of coffee at the gas station but be cautious when you focus on just one sector so i like the aspect of agricultural and industrial with residential you got to have some type of combo like that right you Absolutely. can't just focus on one so i like that a lot of this like we talked about comes down to dollars so let's yep. talk about the 2022-2023 budget that, that has been passed in Wayne County. Congratulations on you guys on getting it done early. As you are probably well aware, uh, some other places don't get it done until June 30th uh, at 11.59 p.m. So yeah. for you guys to be done We've in been there some years, too. <laughs> so overall costs, everything's increased. I mean, you talked about even development costs, right? When you talk about building schools, you know, when you've got, you know, houses, let's call it multifamily structures going a couple of years ago to 75,000 a unit now to over 150,000 a unit, right? That's a big disparagement. That's double the cost. So costs have increased. And I think we all accept that at this point. So how would you say uh, Wayne County has decided to handle those uh, added costs? Where, where do you think that lands in the budget? Yeah. So uh, we, of course, have to be, um, we, we have to be ready for it. Our, our finance team uh, does a really good job and, uh, you know, we, we want to have the most accurate numbers, but we typically try to be very conservative on, on our revenue figures and, you know, also on our expenditures. So we want to make sure that that we don't uh, run out of money, of course, um, and have to dip into fund balance. So, you know, we have been very fortunate. You know, we thought the COVID pandemic was going to hurt us on, you know, sales tax and stuff like that. And then we actually ended up collecting more than we thought, you know, so that's, we never really saw a drop in sales tax like we thought we were going to see. Um, you know, we credit that we don't have any data on it, but we credit that, I think, to the fact that Amazon's and places like that to have to collect the sales tax 
Uh, you know, and so that was a pretty controversial thing when it happened. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's helped us a lot, uh, because it didn't matter if you were shopping in a store or on Amazon, you're still gonna, you know, have to pay sales tax for it. Uh, so that helped out a lot. You know, like you said, we're seeing a significant increase in fuel. Uh, so we've had to put contingencies in the budget to make sure that we can pay for fuel, but then also how do we think outside the box? So, uh, we're having to pay a lot more for fuel, you know, um, last year we had a fuel shortage, right? Remember that when there was that shortage. So that starts affecting counties um, because if we have a fuel shortage, we have to start being very careful on how we provide services, right? Like we've got ambulances and sheriff's vehicles that need fuel. So we've got to start worrying about that. Um, and our, you know, that gets into emergency management. Our EM team does great with that, but we have to start thinking outside the box. So one thing that we're looking at is right now we don't have a county fuel depot. For our vehicles, right? So we just go to regular gas station. We got purchase cars and stuff like that. So we're looking at a fuel depot so that as we have changes in the market, we can capture and buy when it's lower and, and use it. Um, and so we're trying to think outside the box as much as possible. Um, so we did have a, uh, a tax increase this year, a slight tax increase. Um, and a lot of that was for, it was for a little bit of fuel, but also taking care of our employees. Um, so we did a salary study. It seems that a lot of places have been doing salary studies this year. It's kind of the hot, hot item. It seems like, um, but you know, and it, it takes a few to start doing them and then more have to start doing them. Right. So when you get a couple surrounding counties that are doing them and, and they're giving their employees 40% raises, then you're like, well, crap, we, you know, you're kind of forced to do one. Um, and, and the board really looked at that and said, we have not, our employees are our greatest asset. We, if we don't have them, we can't do anything. Uh, and we were losing a lot of really good people. We were kind of a training ground for the Johnston counties of the world. People would come here, they could get a job, get all their training, and then go there and make more money. Um, so we had to look at that. Um, and, you know, they, we did a full salary study and found that there were a lot of departments that were, were underpaid. Um, and, and they really have not been able to, they haven't been able to fix the problem hundred percent this year, but there's at least a plan to fix it. Right. And so the employees really appreciate that, um, because it's tough when you are an elected official to say, we got to go up on your taxes and we're giving our employees raises, right? Like you're really sticking your neck out there. Um, but I know personally, you know, talking to employees, it meant a lot, you know, um, and so the employees were really a big portion of it. And then the, uh, about a, a penny of that tax increase was for debt service. So it was when we started looking at the Fremont elementary school and the price increase. So we, we last year passed a tax increase as well, and that was really for capital projects. And so they said, okay, so we're going to raise the taxes to pay for these capital projects. And then they, they started looking at it and I, the costs have increased so much. We've got to do something now to, to make up for that. Uh, and so it's, it, it, it's not fun, but it's something that has to be done. Um, and so that's, uh, that was the other portion of the tax increase. So we've got major projects. Of course, like I talked about the school, we are building a new combined DSS and health facility. Um, because we've got to, you know, public health of course was hit really, really bad during the pandemic. Uh, and it, it, kind of brought up a lot of issues with our current health department. It's really old and stuff. And so we've got to do something better for health and DSS. 
Uh, so we've got a new health and DSS facility that's coming. Uh, also, we've got a new um, jail facility that's coming. We've got right now, we, we've got two different jails. We outgrew one of them, and we've got a second one. Um, what y'all and, doing outgrowing your jails out there in Wayne County? What are y'all doing with that? Don't it, be outgrowing you know, your jails now. It's, that's a problem. Now, you know, so one of the original jails built onto the courthouse. It's an old facility, right? So they had to build a new one. Um, and, but I'll tell you one thing, Justin, one fun fact, we actually make money on our jails. So, so we house inmates for other counties who are full. Uh, and so we actually, you know, can make a little bit of money there. It's something that a lot of people don't realize, right? Like you see that we've got, we've got people from other counties, but we're actually getting paid for that. Um, so it, that's kind of a fun little fact there about county government. But, uh, you know, what's interesting about it, Justin, is our facilities director says it best that jails age in dog years because they go through so much because you think about it, you've got people that are in jail that have one goal and their goal is to try to get out of jail and they will do whatever it takes to try to get out. And, and it's not even getting out of jail. It's just maybe getting out of their cell for a little bit. So, I mean, they really will do anything and everything to try to get out of their cell for a little bit. And so they get beat up. Uh, and so jails have to be worked on quite often. Uh, and right now it's costing more money to, to work on our old jail. So we're expanding our, our newer jail. Um, so that's another big capital project for us right now. So we've got a lot of big capital projects that we're working on and tackling. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, that you've got to be prepared for for the next 10 years. You know, that's that's what you got to do. Well, and in, in, in anytime your your county and the government in general, right, and in the, in the organizations and the factions of the government, you have so many tools you can use, right? You have certain things you can use. Budgeting is a major aspect of government. And uh, taxing and referendums and certain things like that are the tools uh, to equate it to something else going on. Right. You take uh, everyone's talking about interest rates. Right. And I don't think that conversation conversation is always there. But of course, it's there more when you've got astronomical up and downs. Right. Of of interest rates. So with the Fed raising rates, that's a tool they have of something they can use to try to control inflation. There are certain things out of control. So you mentioned, for instance, uh, other counties. Right offering their uh, their employees more dollars that you can't control that you can't tell another county what they can and can't do just like america can't tell another country what to do in many aspects now we try to negotiate we leverage as i'm sure happens at the local level as well there are certain relationships and certain things gives and takes that occur Uh, but utilizing taxes to better the life for citizens over a longer period of time is one of the main aspects. So if I'm looking at it right, um, I'm looking at a three and a half cent tax increase on property taxes. Now this is the one that I found interesting, and when I, and I read the budget, I told I mentioned yeah, I read the I'm budget. I'm proud of you for that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, a twenty percent increase at the uh, is it Genoa? Is it Genoa? Is that how I say it? Genoa sewer system? So twenty yep. percent increase, and we talked about at the beginning here capacity and infrastructure, real infrastructure. I'm talking about dirt infrastructure, uh, treatment facilities, 20%. That's not little. Yeah. So the interesting thing about that is, so we don't run our own uh, sewer system. So we are, we, uh, let me take that back. We run our own sewer system. We do not run our own facility to treat that, our own treatment facility. So we uh, basically have an allotment from the city of Goldsboro that we purchase. And then we, we run. Uh, Goldsboro went up on theirs 20%. And so we have to pass that cost along. That's not a cost that we, we we just decided to go up on. It's 
our costs are going up, so your costs are going up. Uh, but yeah, it's significant, and and it's Goldsboro is getting close to capacity, uh, and so that's why this the sewer study that we're working on right now to see how we can look at more of a regional, you know, maybe a countywide sewer system is needed because Mount Olive's already full on their sewer capacity. Goldsboro's getting full on their sewer capacity, uh, and so yeah, their their costs are going up because they've got to try to figure out how they're going to keep their facility going. I mean, more and more from a pure infrastructure perspective, the deeper our conversation goes, it, it seems like a no-brainer for the state to really take a, a significant, and I know they're already looking at it, right? But, I mean, the conversation's got to get serious at this point because even to increase the capacity is going to take time. And oh, yeah. you get behind the ball on that time there of just setting that up, you're talking about potential dollars that can never be recaptured. And... So I, I would just encourage, again, any state legislators and those those in the mix there to really take a look. One of the other interesting aspects uh, we could talk and about. Again, yeah. And again, it's not just Wayne County. Yeah. It's 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 small cities. It's the state. And, and it's the state. It's the Let's state, be honest. You know, yeah. and so that's why it's tough. Yeah. Uh, building inspection fees, people get caught up in that. Um, that's going to happen naturally, I think, year over year. So I won't I won't dive into that one. Talk to me about the jet port. Because I know you guys, you yeah. mentioned the Air Force Base, and then you guys have your own airport system, I believe, the jet port. G- give me the rundown on that. How much emphasis is there on the jet port there in If Wayne you want to bring your jet to Wayne County, Justin, we would love to have you. <laughs> let me let me go ahead and make my paper jet real quick, and I'll fly it in. It's fine. We'd love to have you. Uh, so we do have a jet port. Uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people hear, hear stuff about the jet port, and they think, why? Right? So they see that you're spending money at a jet port, and, and that's concerning. Um, we have been very fortunate working with NCDOT, who, who also runs general aviation and state, um, to get a ton of grant funding for our airport. We've got a $3.7 million project right now. And if, if we looked at all the projects that the airport has done over the past few years and look at, yes, we have had to spend some money, but when you look at us spending this much money and getting this much in grant funding, it's a no brainer. We've got a $3.7 million project right now on a whole apron rehab project. So that's the the place where the planes taxi, not the runway, but the apron is what we call that. Um, and so we are making sure that the jet port is able to be sufficient for years to come. So the jets are getting bigger. They're weighing more. Uh, and so, you know, it's not just your Cessnas anymore that are landing at the jet port. We've got corporate area. Uh, we've got a corporate area that we just expanded over the past few years with hangers for corporate clients. Um, and so basically, you know, we give you a site where you can build a corporate hangar if you want to. Uh, and so we've done a lot of focus on the jet port lately, a lot of grant funding for the jet port because, because while the jet port seems trivial for us to have, it's all into that economic development umbrella as well. And the amount of economic impact that the jet board has, you would not believe I had, I had to cheat. I had to look at my screen. $58 million is what the economic impact is of our jet port. And so that's, that's, uh, you know, jobs, pilots that, that have planes that are there and things like that. Um, we're fortunate enough in Wayne County, we have a, a jet port here that the county owns that's kind of near Pikeville in the northern-ish end of the county. Mount Olive also has a municipal airport. Um, and at both of those airports, we also have, um, uh, you know, hospital helicopters. So we've got the UNC network at ours, and I believe Mount Olive has Vident at theirs. Um, and so having that, they they are based there. Um, we get, you know, 
really good uh, times for you know helicopters in a in a medical emergency as well. Uh, and so that's something that's important too because you know there's a lot of times where you know if there's a bad accident or you know even if you have cardiac trouble you may get airlifted out. Uh, you get a helicopter pretty quickly and can get to Raleigh or to Greenville. Uh, so there's a lot of really very positive things going on at our airport. Plus, we have a lot of just, you know, just guys that own planes that that enjoy being out there. Uh, but our airport, I've got to give them credit because they've done an incredible job in chasing grant dollars because that's what you have to do. You have to chase grant dollars. They don't typically just come and say, hey, we would like you to apply for this grant. You've got to find them. Uh, and they've done an impressive job. I mean, $3.0 million for, for grant funding for a, a rehab paving project is really good. Well, and I try not to hate on um, people in local government because it's not an easy job, right? I can sit on the sidelines, right? And I can I can throw stones all I want. But unless you're in there doing the job, it's hard. And we're going to have disagreements. And there's yeah. going to be shifts in the conversation. And there's going to be different perspectives. And the priorities are going to change over time. And and I also just generally, like, I live right in my area. So I don't want to, yeah. like, bash the people I live around in my community. One of the big things that, that uh, my local area is looking at is the perspective percentage of local government workers who actually live in the municipality that they work in. Has that been a conversation at all for you guys? It hasn't. You know, we're kind of fortunate, I feel like, and I I haven't seen any data on it, um, but I know a lot of our guys live and work and worship in Wayne County, you know? Um, And I think that's really cool. You know, I can think off the top of my head, a good number of our managers who are volunteer firefighters, you know, and stuff like that. And um, you get that more in, in small town, North Carolina, where volunteer fire service is still very important um, and needed. But, you know, we've got a lot of guys who are, who are higher ranking guys. I mean, two of our commissioners are, are fire guys. Um, And so there's a lot of people that that live here were born and raised here our new uh our new county manager was born and raised in wayne county went to high school here went to school here uh literally interned here while he was at ecu graduated college started working in our planning department worked in gis made his way up to planning director assistant county manager and then is becoming county manager so we get a lot of that um and that's good that's good. I mean, it's always nice to have an outside view come in and we get that. We don't want to be stuck in our ways, but it's also good when you have people who have lived, they were born and raised here. Um, and they know the problems that Wayne County faces, right? They know the people here. Uh, and that goes a long way. I feel like. Well, and I was going to say, please pass along my congratulations to Mr. Crumpler. I did see that. Well, I, I had, you had, you threw a fun fact to me. Let me throw one back to you and see if you knew this. Let me see if I can catch you. Andy Griffith, taught English at Goldsboro High. Oh, you knew it. Dang it. Okay. I thought I had you on that one. No, but you, you would know that you're the public affairs director. You got to know. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of pretty cool things. That's just one of them. Uh, so yeah, yeah. but enjoy it. You know, I, I, I love the where Wayne County has come from and the potential future for Wayne County. So, um, as someone not from or living in Wayne County, I, but as a North Carolinian, let me tell you, I hope only success for you guys. Um, a lot of great things I'm hearing. I appreciate your time, Joel. Um, and I hope that I can have you back and maybe some other people from your County so we can really keep, uh, keep a track on what's going on. That's ultimately the goal here. This is a show, uh, for North Carolinians 
Palestinians and for the people that want to stay in the know of what is going on and what the driving forces are and who their local leaders are, right? Knowing and having a relationship with your local leaders is so important. And a lot of people don't have time for it, right? Because if you're working hard, right, you're already focused on your family. You're focused on, you know, where's the next meal coming from on your table with the way prices are going. So whatever we can do to try to help, um, we always just enjoy having good relationships with people. So I appreciate your time, Joel. And I want to tell people to get involved. You know, it's, you know, you, you elect people to serve you, uh, but be involved. It doesn't matter where you live in North Carolina. It doesn't matter where you live, period. There's boards, there's commissions you can join. Yeah, you're volunteering your time, but you're a part of something. Uh, and you really help shape how the community is going to change and what's going on in the community. So get involved in uh, in government and in even if you don't want to work in it full time, just get involved in at least at least being informed. You know, I mean, you talked about how you read the budget and that's amazing. Um, you know, I joke about how sometimes I, I don't even think the people that that are covering our budget uh, in the media are even reading the budget sometimes. And, and it is it's a very, as you know. I mean, it's what about that thick? If you well, I'll say that the, the the manager's abstract at the first couple of pages did a really good job for me. I'm not it sums lie. it up really well, but it but you know it's funny. It it's literally a very our finance team does a great job of being very very transparent. You can see every line item, um, but just you know get involved and know what's going on and know the the challenges that are facing uh, your local leaders because it's not that they don't want to do something. It's like we've talked about, they've, they've got to find dollars for it. But Justin, uh, I will tell you that Wayne County is great. I'm very passionate about Wayne County. Uh, was not born here, was born in Raleigh, but have lived here for quite a while now. Uh, and we want to see you at the, at the air show. You need to come down for wings over Wayne. We got, we of course have Seymour Johnson. So we have jets flying over all the time. Um, and, uh, but we have an air show coming up. And so that would be the time for everybody watching, listening, to come see Wayne County. You get to see a lot of really cool fighter jets and uh, you get to experience Wayne County a little bit. So. Well, the, the top notch production team here is throwing the thumbs up at me. Like I have to go. You, he's he's giving me one of those. So we'll I'm, go get I'm some a barbecue and we'll go watch some uh, really cool planes. I like that. I like that. He's Joel Gilly, public affairs director for Wayne County. Justin Kazepis, today's real talk, 844 Studio 4. Still got a little bit of time before we take your questions. 844 Studio 4. We'll be right back. <laughs> Justin Kazepis, Today's Real Talk, todaysrealtalk.com, 844-STUDIO-4. The time has came and gone, people, to get your questions in. So I've got a couple here we're going to go through. Uh, first one's from Facebook. Um, can I have chickens? That's funny. Uh, as you just heard me and Joel talking about, I am interested in having chickens myself. I've always kind of had that fascination. Um, some family of mine uh, elsewhere has chickens, and I've always been interested. So there's there's a couple of layers to having um any type of animals or a particular use of the property. You want to check with your county, right? Because the county is going to dictate whether or not you can have chickens in certain jurisdictions. Your local municipality, so if you are in an incorporated town or city, they will have some local zoning jurisdictions. And then are you in a neighborhood? Are you in a area that is subject to a homeowners association or some set of restrictive covenants on the property. So those are the three layers, your county, 
your local municipality if you're in an incorporated area? And also, are there any deed restrictions or covenants and restrictions in place on your property? I envy you if you end up with chickens, by the way. And then we've got one via email. We've got a question via email. What do I need in order to find out how many bedrooms my septic system can handle? Ooh, this is a great question. A lot of times um, as a broker, I'll see issues occur when a uh, real estate broker is marketing a property, let's say as a four bedroom property, when the septic system is only a three bedroom system. That is what we call a misrepresentation of material facts. So in North Carolina, the number of bedrooms that you can market a property as is dictated by the septic permit if the uh, property is serviced by a septic system. So you're going to want to call your local environmental health department. The local environmental health department keeps records typically within the past seven years. So if the system is within seven years, the local municipality, the governing body that would issue an environmental health permit for when that system was installed should have that information for you. Now, the question usually leads to, well, it's more than seven years old. What do I do? The best thing you can do is call a professionally licensed septic installer who can come out and evaluate the system and let you know the greatest likelihood of the capacity that that system can handle. Some of the local environmental health uh, uh, departments in certain municipalities will review the findings of that professional septic company and uh, give an opinion as to whether they believe in the accuracy of that opinion. So again, call your environmental health agency, determine whether or not they have a copy of the septic permit on file. If they do, that's the number of bedrooms that you are allotted for that system. If not, you need to hire a separate septic company to come out and evaluate. And best, best practice would be to run it by your local environmental health department so they can sign off on that as well. Thanks for the questions this week. Remember, 844-STUDIO-4. That's the phone number for next time. Info at Today's Real Talk. Info at todaysrealtalk.com. That is the email address if you want to submit your questions that way. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Twitter, we're on all the social platforms. 844-STUDIO-4. Justin Kazepis. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.